when we're little people, this Christmas holiday, this time of the year, is a mashup of many beautiful things. It's lights twinkling on the tree, making us think about a starry, starry night when wise men and shepherds looked up in the sky and found their way to the babe in the manger. It's tinsel wrapped around the branches, and because we're little, we don't know that the tinsel symbolizes the entrails of enemies being wrapped around pagan trees. Stay with me, stay with me. <laughs> don't get stuck there, but oh yes. Because we're little, we don't know that, but we're grown up, so we can, we can deal. There's a star on top of the tree, and there's a Santa Claus hats hanging around the fireplace, and someone is stuffing our stockings with goodies, and there's presence of the tree. We understand that they represent, you know, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but we hope there's a baby doll or an easy-bake oven or a truck instead, because none of us wants oil <laughs> when we're little. We're not feeling it. We know it smells good, but we don't care. When we're little, there's a mashup of all of these traditions. We're not, we're little. We don't know that there's two stories of birth, that one's got wise men and shepherds and angels, and one's got Joseph trying not to divorce Mary. Let me come back to that. When we're little, it just all goes together. And it's like Jesus, baby Jesus, and Santa Claus. And it's like, yes, this is, what am I, where's the presents, right? It's just all... It's all smashed together. And as we get older and we listen to this story, our ears are different. They're older. Some of our ears have gray hair. Mine has gray hair. It's new. But our ears hear things differently. We pull apart the stories. We come to understand that John and Mark aren't talking about babies at all. John says the word became flesh and came to live among us. Mark says this is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, period, full stop. No need to explain. But Matthew and Luke are both making a case. Matthew's making a case to his people that this one that has come is the one they've been waiting for. This is Messiah. This is Christ. And Matthew is precise and clear and quoting Hebrew scripture and connecting the scripture to Isaiah and letting you know that the maiden, the baby, had a baby and this is the one and this is how it goes. He wants you to know that this is fulfillment of prophecy. And he wants us to understand the miraculousness of this story. God can do anything. Same God that opens seas, same God that lets you go through on dry land. Same God that snatches people out of the lion den. Same God makes a way out of no way. This God can get people having babies. It's like a midwifey God <laughs> that can do this. Sarah was too old, boom, baby. <laughs> Hannah didn't have one, boom, baby. Mary, 14-year-old, maiden, baby. And because our ears are older, we, 
we're like, okay, let me try to make this work out in my mind. Did he say by the Holy Spirit? And does that mean if she was a virgin? Did did God get her pregnant? Is that what that means? And we wrestle with that, and we don't think we have permission to wrestle. Because we're Christians. Hallelujah. And God can do anything. So we're not really trying to mess with that. But I just want to mess with it a little bit this morning. I brought my commentary with me. This is my comfort blanket today. Because <laughs> I was going to mess with it just a little bit. Okay. So the mess with part is three. One, the Greek word for conceive and birth, give birth, is the same word, ganeo. So just like when, you know, how are you going to find the kingdom of God? You have to be born again, that, that text, to have to be born again, you could be born again or conceived again because it's the same word and it's not clear. With me? So some scholars think maybe this isn't about a miraculous birth, but it's about a miraculous conception. And two, the same scholars who think that, and joined by a few more, think that also miraculously conceived were Moses and Isaac. The Isaac story, we kind of know that, right? Because Sarah couldn't and then she could. But Moses maybe was miraculously conceived. And the point being then, Moses, Isaac, Jesus, all were miraculously conceived to do stunningly amazing, liberating things. So what is miraculous about the conception isn't the insemination. It's the intention of God to raise up a leader. Are you with me? Now, I'm not trying to take away your virgin birth. I'm really not. I'm just messing with it a little bit. <clears throat> Because what I'm trying to get to is that if our ears get stuck on that story, it becomes a portal or a litmus test or the only way through is believe parted seas, believe Ten Commandments on a tablet, and believe virginity before birth. And the word actually is maiden, so we don't really know if she was a virgin. She was 14, so likely yes, but we don't really know for sure about the virginity of her. There are other stories, stories that maybe a soldier took her. If we, in order to do this thing with God, have to have a miraculous, immaculate, no man involved conception, then we might end up with a magical God who can do all the things. And that's, let me just talk about the magical God for a second. The magical God who can get Mary and Sarah pregnant is magical enough to do all the things, responsible for all the things and can do all the things. Some of you all look at me like, where are we going, right? But if God, that God does all the things, meaning is will, God's will is all the things, meaning did you find the partner you wanted or did you not? Did you get cancer 
or did you not? Did you get well from the cancer or did you not? Did you pray for a house and got it or didn't? Did you pray for the man and got it or didn't? Did you pray for your mother to live and she didn't? If, did you pray for him who shall not be named to not be elected but he was? Or you prayed for him to be elected and he was? Which one? Which one is the one of the things that God did? And which ones are the ones of the things we did or stuff did? Which one's the one? So if you got magical God, he can let you down at least 50% of the time. And notice I call that God he just for fun. I mean, God, that God, they can let you down. Because they're, they're in charge of it. And pretty soon you can't love them. Or you are PO'd at them. But you can't say it. Because that's not good. You might go to hell for that. And then you're just like, ah, stressed and pressed and can't pray, can't not pray. Doubt, 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 can't express the doubt. You feel me? That's this God. I'm going to call it the busybody, all in charge God, that can get people pregnant. <laughs> Over here, this God, because we know that doesn't really make sense, right? Not really. We want it to make sense when we're having a bad day, but not really. God is not just waiting around. She's too busy to be with, you know, to get Dean wants a new job. Lila wants some more work. <laughs> you know? Somebody want to get married sooner than is on the date? I don't know. You know, that God is so busy answering all the things. How can she possibly get to all the things? That's one thing. Over here is this God. We overreact to that God. So now God is like way far away. God, I didn't mean to, I'm not picking on y'all when I do God over here. Okay. God is way far away. He can't really hear us. Isn't really paying attention from a distance, you know, the world. Whatever, we, whatever we're wanting, hoping for, thinking about, God does not really care. Because on day one, this God made a plan. Our job is to find out what it is. There's no rules about how to find out what it is, but it is. From whether you're going to get sick or not get sick, get saved or not get saved, get well or not get well, get married, wear a pink lip with your red dress, Everything is already predestined with this God, and there's no choice for you. There's no agency for you. From what to wear to what to say to who to love, it's been fixed in time, and you just have to, like, bump into it. I'm going to call that the micromanaging God, who probably still can get people pregnant, cause, but you would know about it sooner. Okay. Um, <laughs> Or, or there's a third way. And maybe that's what this story is about. I mean, I personally think God can do everything. But maybe this story is about a third kind of way to be in relationship with a God. That God really is love, actually. No, love, period and loves us all up in the middle of it. <coughs> loves us like a good enough mother or a good enough father loves you. Holds you tight when you're really super little so you can feel like you're still in the womb. 
lets go enough when you're learning how to toddle and walk and lets you fall down and goes, oops, oops, that's okay, and doesn't freak out when you bump your head. Watches you go off to kindergarten, watches you go off to college, and lets there be more space between you and God, wider space, open space, more room to get it right and get it wrong. Maybe God is love like that. Never so far away, but also not always managing and micromanaging and getting all up in it with us. That seems to be the, what's happening with this story because God actually intervenes in this couple's life. Thank you, my love. Joseph is about to leave Mary, not because he stank, but because he's actually supposed to leave her. As a just and righteous, law-abiding Jewish man, he really has no choice but to leave her. But God shows up in the middle of it for Joe, let's call him Joe, and like cares enough about the family that he's about to make to show up in dreams. Say, dude, no, it's okay. You can marry her, it's gonna be all right. Showed up in a dream in the middle of it to say, I got you. I think God loves us enough to know when to whisper in our ears, when to shout in our face, when to stand back and let us make a mistake, when to come a little closer and hold our hand, how to, how to redeem what is broken, how to help us partner with our children, how to help us save the world, how to help us clean up the plastic. I think God loves us enough to show up the way we need God to show up. And we might not know what we need, which is why we're making lists. But I think God is love. And I think the relationship is a relationship of collaboration and partnership and friendship and alliance, allyship, way-making, love-making. So... I'm not really trying to take away the virgin birth. If that matters to you, good on you. I am trying to say if you stay outside of this story because some of the things make you go, really? I'm saying get in the story. Because the story is God gets in the middle of it with us. We don't need Jesus to be half God and half man to be Jesus, is what I'm trying to say. There's nothing, his, his son of godness is your child of godness. It isn't that he has to be Greek mythologically created from some like Zeus and somebody, I don't know who those people are, Ben, tell me later. But you know, like I skipped that, I was in engineering school. But you know, like, the, like those stories of like the God impregnates the woman and that makes the, the person powerful. No, this is, this is a Jewish kid born in a scandal who lights the world on fire because God is partnering with us and Joseph and Mary. What if this Christmas, with our grown-up ears, we decide to have a grown-up faith in a grown-up God, in this grown-up story, where we have agency and God whispers in our ear, 
Come on, baby, let's do it this way. Where we have agency and we're allowed to just really screw it up. And we have agency and we're allowed to put it back together, partnered by holy, with wind beneath our wings. That is, Holy Spirit is what Matthew says. And a child can be of Holy Spirit, and a community can be of Holy Spirit, and a sermon, Lord bless me, might occasionally be of Holy Spirit, and the music is of Holy Spirit, and the feeding of the people is Holy Spirit, and all of that breath, that holy breath, that holy causation, that is God's love. What if that's what it's all about? Can we still have Christmas? Can we have light that the darkness cannot snuff out? Can we have reign of God building projects to do? And can we love the hell out of the world? And can we be good to each other? And isn't it true that every baby causes us to both lose our minds and love the world a little better? I'm so this year needing a grown-up not so magical God, but a partner and a collaborator and a, a waymaker and a model for living. That's what I want for Christmas. How about you? Amen. Amen. Amen.